Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of The Answer Podcast with me, Daniel Dancer. And today we're going to be joined by the wonderful Valu Sterrett. And she is going to talk us through what happened with her NDE. How are you doing, Valerie? You alright? Yes, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. So I'm sort of like, just take us to the beginning, really. What um, happened? What year? Um. So, for uh, well, the first experience that I had that was more closely that was in ee related um was in 1997 and um i guess my friends from cross country when i was i think i was about 15 they um were kidnapping me for like a kidnap breakfast and so so we did that and then um i have memories like i'm at their house and it was a sunday morning and i i was like i need to i need to get home to go to church and um another friend was like oh me too i i go to church too and then i was like um i guess she offered a ride and so i remember riding her mom picked us up and i was in the back like behind the front passenger seat and um i think they were asking me questions and then i remember her reaching to turn the radio and then all of a sudden just smash like we just got smashed into um but then i black out and um the next thing i know um I'm like transported to another place that is here, but like it's it's here, but it's um it's like another dimension as how I probably word it. Um, and I immediately this there's just this woman standing before me. She looked kind of like me, like she had curly tendrils. Um, just this beautiful like radiant woman I didn't know who she was but she knew me and um basically telepathically told me um it it's not your time yet um this will actually be a trial in your life to get to you to where you need to go to fulfill your purpose and then but then I was like I just thought of earth. It was like this like pinpoint of nothingness. I'm like, oh, that's not like this is where she is, is my home. It felt um, it was just this, the most warm, peaceful happiness you could ever feel. And it felt like my real home. Um, but earth just felt like it was just like I like I I didn't need to be continue I'm like oh why would I go back there you know um and at 15 like you'd think like your whole life is ahead of you and you'd want to stay but I'm like I'm good to go now you know and she was like she's like no you you need to go back (laughs) and so um so while this was all happening um I was trapped in a car, um, like two girls were driving, um, from surfing. This was in California, um, up by Potrero road. 
um, like coming back from the beach, like in Newbright Park. And so some two girls were driving from surfing and they uh, blew through the stop sign and, and crashed into us. And so um, my friend Megan in the front seat suffered physical injuries, like had broken legs, broken ribs. Um, but something happened to me where like it was more a concussion and um, and but then it was like I left my body and they had determined that my heart had stopped for two minutes so that um, and they had to cut me out of the car with the jaws of life so that two minutes is I believe like where that happened where I crossed over briefly um, and it was weird like so friends from cross country they heard the crash and and they said they saw they they came over to the accident scene and they saw me like sitting on the edge of the ambulance with my legs dangling and just kind of staring like I was there but not there but I don't remember any of that so that must have been when I came to but I was still like out of it um crazy yeah I don't remember I remember Okay, I do remember voices. I remember maybe hearing paramedics saying, we're going to get you out or, you know, like, I I just, I remember hearing a lot of chaos around me, um, just going in and out of consciousness. And then I woke up in the hospital and like with glass in my mouth. And then, um, so then instantly, I don't remember the near-death experience like in the hospital right away. Um, everything's just kind of like a blur and my family takes me, my mom takes me home, my parents or whatever, whoever was there. I think my fam whole family came, I don't know. And then they took me home and I was trying to like remember things that had happened that weekend. Um, one of my friends, like apparently we went to what was called back then, it was called EFY. It was especially for youth. It was like a, a church. Like a youth. Like a youth club. That's what yeah, we call like it a in, church call thing, um, conference type of thing for, for teenagers. Um, I guess I had been there that weekend, and she came, and she's like, you don't remember us, like, hanging out in the bathroom, like, for a portion of it? Like, we were just talking. I'm like, I don't, I don't even remember you. I don't remember this. <laughs> and so, um, but then I kind of, I vaguely started, to, that started coming back to me, that memory. But like I was just trying to piece together like I had short term memory loss. But then when so I looked into my journal and then realized, oh, I hadn't written in a month. And the last thing I wrote was Princess Diana's car accident from in 97. So that happened yeah. in August. And then mine happened like around September 22nd or something like that. Um, so then I write my journal entry of what happened to me but I specifically wanted to write to tell myself in the future do not um, deny what happened to you so like this is to help remember like know that like this happened um, so at the time I didn't um, I didn't write that yet like uh, I was I was I first looked at the I saw the her princess Diana's accident and then closed my journal. And then I um, went through a photo album. Um, and the next thing I know, like as I'm turning the pages, I'm looking at my ancestors 
one woman in particular just stuck out to me and I, I recognized her as the woman that I saw on the other side. And it was my great grandmother, Jessie Mitchell. Oh, that's amazing. What was it? Like, uh, what was it like over there? Like, do you know when you was any? Could you see anything? Like, was there any smells? I know that you're saying that you can like sort of talk telepathically, which is what a lot of people say as well. Like, that's yeah. one thing that's very common with when you when you um listen to a lot of near death experience stories. Like, so my experience was a little more simple, simplified. I it wasn't like I got to travel anywhere. She kind of it was like she stopped me at the door. <laughs> Yeah. To go further into that world of the other side. Um, but but it's there. It's like it's like the spirits. There's more to the other side. It, it's like there's this whole universe. You know what I mean? So some people, you know, have experience traveling through space. I didn't have that. I just was just that it was like I was here still on Earth. But it's like what we call the veil where um, there's still spirits here on the other side, kind of looking after us. Um, it's like an, it's, it's like another dimension, but like, but it, it, it but it's here on earth, but like, yeah. you know, just crossing over. Um, and so just what I got from that experience was first of all, Jesse Mitchell, this woman, um, she, she's very, um, very much looking very involved in our family very much looking after us like a guardian angel you could, i guess she was my guardian angel in that situation um because my mom said um she's like that's interesting because like um her and my dad had a dream that she came to them and my mom was pregnant with my baby sister at the time. And she said, I want you to name your daughter after me. And so, so my baby sister, Jessica was named after her. Yeah. But they both woke up and verified they had the same dream of her. So it's like, she's, she comes up, you know? Um, and also, so, but what, but while to answer your question, while I was there, all I experienced was the feeling of being there. And it was like, I, the only way I can describe it, it's, it's the most radiating feeling of happiness. It's a happiness that you can't, you can get glimpses of here. Like, um, like some of your best memories, but it would happen yeah. all the time there. Like it's eternal. It's an eternal happiness. So, so now like looking back my life now one of my best memories is my wedding day because all the people I loved and cared about were there all of my best friends even if like we had turmoil or fights or whatever it was just all at peace like my friends my family and that's how um it was like that knowledge was given to me on the other side that this is what that place is it is like the best day of your life just over and over again yeah. with people that you love and and it's just a warm happy peaceful feeling now that feeling when i um, woke up in the hospital was still with me and i also felt like my best self 
in that feeling. Like my best self is would be a warm, happy, friendly person. And I just felt like this, like I was, so I was kind of like in this daze of like, like just like, hi, like, like I was like the sweetest person when I came out of that <laughs> in the hospital. And then, and I remember they pushed me in the wheelchair over to Megan and I was just like, hi, Megan. She's like, hey. and we were just like, just like in this state of like sweet kind of state of mind, like really nice, you know, um, I mean, yeah. life like j jades your personality, like you get jaded in life and I feel like that comes out when you, it's, it's almost like being high, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like a, it's, it, I think that's what people are trying to achieve when they do the drugs. <laughs> They're actually chasing that, the feeling that you would feel on the other side is, yeah. is they want that that ha they're they're running away from a problem like you want that happiness uh so the best way to get that is live a good life so that you can go to a good place yeah but so you, yeah I, you know you you had no feeling of what so when you were there what was do you didn't want to come back no no i Just was like oh i'm definitely even like because like, like for me personally I think about it and like one thing I think about dying is like obviously missing my kids, missing my wife, missing my friends, but like do you not just feel it? Just you don't feel like anything's No. I I've, no, I've I heard it to... I've heard it a lot as well. Like, I've heard okay, it a like lot. I love my family and my siblings. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, see you later. <laughs> yeah, see ya. And you know, um, but what it confirmed to me is that we will see our family again on the other side. Like they're there and she, yeah. my, your ancestors are there. Your, my great grandmother was there. Um, they're waiting for you. Like all, like everyone who goes is, and they're doing a work on the other side. They're helping people here. So her helping me is now I feel well, I need to carry this work over here and help other people believe, you know, that there, there isn't just nothing, you know, after yeah, it's this. Like pitch life. black. That's what a lot no. of people worry about, don't they? They right. think it's going to be pitch black. No. So these, these experiences, like, they confirm that. Um, and there's, and like, there's just, yeah, it feels dreamlike, you know, and, um, so you could, people could say, oh, like the mind can do powerful things or like it, it's your dream. But you know, like when I dream, I, I sleep a lot. <laughs> like I love to dream and this was different. And, and also I want to say like, um, okay, so to get on that topic, um, so that warm rate, I describe it as like a radiating feeling. Okay. So like when I came to in the hospital and obviously now I'm back into my miserable body, you know, now I'm feeling the pain of the accident, but I still have that warm radiating feeling of love throughout my body, but it was, it was attached to my soul. It's not like, you know how like something where it happened, you get like adrenaline rush and that's happening in your body, like the chemicals in your brain, in your body. No, this was like, 
something in my being, my soul was the radiating light in my body that I was feeling. And, and I felt, I, I felt that coming back to in the hospital and, um, and it started to, to fade back into like normally how I feel, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and then, and then, yeah, like, um, it was, it did become a trial. Like, even though I had that experience, I still had to face the physicalities, like my limitations for a while. My balance was off. I, I was a, a junior Olympic diver. So I lost my scholarship. I was working toward an Olympic list and I thought, oh, for sure I'd have a scholarship to go to BYU and I'll be this diver, even though like I wasn't the greatest diver, but I thought I could get there. So I had a goal, but what happened was it actually forced me to, um, because I started to get depressed, you know, when you come back from that experience, you, you get depressed. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was going to be my next question. I was going to say, how does it, how does it affect you after? Like, obviously coming back, coming back from such a yeah. high. Well, you can never deny it, but also you're, you're back into your form here where you still, um, you still have choices to make, you know, and you're still going to be vulnerable to things. And, it, and if you're depressed or you're, you're feeling a low, you're still gonna like, you know, you, you might start making some poor choices. And, and I did sometimes, yeah, I found myself making some poor, poor choices, but then I, I could never deny what happened. I'm like, uh, no, I need to get back on the path of living right because of what happened to me. It confirms, it, you know, yeah. it confirms that I need to get my my mind, my head right. I need to do things right. So, um, <clears throat> well, it looks like you have. Mind. What's that? It looks like you have got your head right though, because look, looking at your um, your profile, you're a singer and songwriter as well. Yeah. So I'm that now i've been trying to wonder like so sorry don't let the cats out no no gertie <laughs> hold on one second <laughs> okay so that's the one of the things that i'm trying to figure out is like i um um so with that depression after the accident i the best thing i could do was was um really hone in on my music you know um and so I just I would lock myself in room I became a little bit antisocial when I was in high school because I did get bullied quite a bit so I would hide I'd find piano rooms to go play in and um and pursue music and so, um, but that led me to, cause now I, I don't like my plans have changed. I was like, what am I going to do? Cause my parents were not like the wealthiest. They didn't, it's not like they, they didn't pay for our college. We had to work for everything. We had to learn how to work for everything. And I wasn't like the type of teenager that got my license and a job right away I no I I kind of um 
I, I was still, I got back into diving a year later, but I was um, more focused, just kind of being alone and doing my music, doing my thing. But then when that time came, like my last year of high school, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I pretty much um, ran away, like into the army. <laughs> and then while I was in the army, I ran away in the army by um, getting involved in every um, theatrical thing I could get involved in. So I had the opportunity to audition for the USA Express Band where I toured the Middle East with like the alongside the USO Soldier Show where I got to meet Robin Williams and um, Joan, Joan Jett and the Black Hearts um, and like, you know, st just all these celebrities, Conan O'Brien, they were all on that alongside that tour where we were coming like so because I did do my I did do my deployment in Afghanistan post 9-11 and while I was there like uh, like even um when there'd be times when people would have to pull what's called CQ where they watch the barracks for 24 hours I would bring my keyboard down and per and play music for the soldiers while they were everyone was like kind of was traumatized about the 9-11 events and so um so yeah I I did we went to I went to Afghanistan I served as a soldier and then I went back and toured the Middle East and went to, to the five Middle East countries Kuwait Afghanistan Qatar Iraq um Uzbekistan um and and performed for many soldiers to bring their morale up to make them happy because like music does that <laughs> so i i feel like i'm just constantly redefining my purpose in in my music and helping others with that because um it has been um the cure for my depression you know over the years like i struggled with a lot of other things there's like there's so many layers here. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Um and I, like I, I if you want me to go more into depth about my Christ experience, I can. That's what I was literally just about to ask next. Okay. Bit I'm very much excited for. You want me to tell that story? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. So if the, you got time. Depression. <laughs> it it so it's nothing that not even me having a near-death experience can cure all the ailments that you're going to go through as a human in this life experience. You're going to go through ups and downs, you know, but you can always use that to, to bring you back to be like, wow, I do have a purpose to fulfill. I do have a mission here, so to speak. And, um, so I mean, it hasn't been children yet. Like I've, I've wanted to be a mother. I mean, even at that age, when I was writing in my journal, I would write dear future children. I didn't write dear diary, but I haven't had that opportunity. So, you know, some, some people believe they're a mother in their hearts or a mother to their communities. And, and so, um, <clears throat> So what happened was I, I did like, I met my husband when I was 30, we got married when I was 32 
um, we didn't know that we'd struggle there, you know, to, to try to have a family. So I did, I fell back into my, my depression and, um, um, and obviously I go in and out, like I'll, I'll be focusing on that. And then I'm like, I, I call myself like, okay, now I'm in rock star Val mode where I gotta, I gotta do my music to help pull me out of this depression and confusion about life and things not working out your plans. Um, but, uh, so I went on medication. I, I would go like off and on me with medication to kind of help me. Um, like before I met my husband, I was like very, I was running around trying to do my music, but I was impulsive and I, I used like ADD meds to kind of help me focus, you know, to help me, um, get to this where I need to be in my life. But then I, um, I don't like being on any medications for too long because it stifles things about me. It stifles my personality and my creativity. And I'm like, there has to be a better way. So yeah, so while I was married and dealing with the infertility, depression, and trauma of that, I was on the meds and it was just making me feel numb to any emotion. I'm like, I just, I don't want to feel this way. And so I, um, I just started praying and it was like a couple of years ago. Cause we did our first round of, um, egg retrieval, like for IVF. And I'm like, I just kind of want to be in my natural body and do things holistically, you know, r like working out, going running. It, it gives you the endorphins doing my music gives me in the endorphins and that would help me. Um, but when you're, when you are diagnosed like I was moderately depressed sometimes the chemical it's really hard to combat that and you need the meds you know and so um but I prayed deeply and um the next thing I know and this was about a couple years ago around Easter I um I, um that morning I um all of a sudden I have this like vivid dream and I, I was like in a room, a lit, a well lit room, like, like a sunshine, like a bright room. And I look over in the corner. I'm like looking this way. Cause this is exactly what it was like. Um, and I see Jesus Christ and he's, you know, wearing like a white robe, um, I think he was, I can't, it's kind of vague right now, but I just know that I recognized it as him and he's tending to some other people that were there. Um, and, but where he was, he was just coming from this like illuminating, illuminating bright light. And then all of a sudden he looks towards me and I'm just like taken back. And I, I just recognize it as him. It's just weird. Cause I like, I don't, I've never, I know who Jesus was like growing up, but I never like know, knew him, you know, but it's like, I knew him and he starts coming toward me. And immediately as he gets closer, I tell him, and it was probably telepathic again, because I think that's how we communicate on the other side. And I said, I'm sorry, I ever doubted you. And then he took me and in, into his arms and embraced me and then swirled me up like like a magic 
tornado just swirled me up into the sky. And then all of a sudden I wake up from the dream like a gush of wind. And it wasn't adrenaline. I feel that warm, radiating, peaceful happiness that I remember from 27 years ago from the car accident. So that confirms to me and, and you know, the experience with my grandmother, Jesse Mitchell, visiting my parents in a dream, that dreams can be portals to the other side. That sometimes people can visit you like people on the other side and Jesus himself can visit you in a dream. And so, but, so I'm, I'm laying there and just kind of like coming down from it, like trying to hold, it's almost like you're trying to hold on to it like a high, <laughs> like a drug. I'm trying to hold on to it. Like, don't leave me. Don't leave that. I want that warm radiating feeling again. And as it starts to fade, like, and I can barely move, I reach over and all I can do is touch my husband. Um, I reach out for to his arm and I'm like, Blair, and all, I couldn't like go into detail. I just said, Jesus just hugged me. And then my husband said, I wouldn't doubt it because all night you were tossing and turning in your sleep. Like I was having nightmares or something. And um, ever since that dream, I have not, I've, I've gone off the meds. I have not needed, um, I have not had medication since. It's been two years now. That's crazy. It's like, like he healed you. Like a what? Like, like he healed you. In a he way. He, like... he healed me. Yeah. I truly believe that. I truly believe that Jesus came. And there's been other smaller there's been other experiences leading up to it where where jesus has been communicating to me um like i can share that too but um there's but th those were the main those are the main stories and the main connections like i wanted to connect that warm radiating feeling it's the same one from the when my heart stopped yeah and the dream so that's how I know it wasn't just a dream. You know, that's how that's proof to me that he mm -hmm. really did come back. I'm not I don't just have random dreams about I don't think about having dreams about Jesus. Like, well, I think every, everyone knows everyone knows the difference between dreams and reality. Like, do you know what I mean? Sometimes you know, you're in a dream and you think it's real, you know? Yeah, but. I've, like there's there's other instances which I've had personally which I wouldn't want to go into, but like, like you just know that it's real, and then you think you think yeah. about telling people, you think about telling people, and people are a bit like, all right, yeah, yeah, you sound a bit mad, but it's like the, no, I know it's real. <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to write it down, and like confirm to yourself that it's real because it will fade away from that 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 experience like the near-death experience and that dream it does fade over time and then you settle back in real life and you're like you can't you don't remember it as strongly as being real it you remember it like oh it could have been a dream so that's how people could rationalize or like in a way where they talk themselves out of believing it happened or other people can talk say that that didn't happen 
Um, well, the then, other well, thing I, about that is when I was on the other side with my and seeing my great grandmother, that felt more real than this life here. This feels like assimilation, like a dream. This world that we're yeah. in, that feel that's tangible, like I can touch, like it's almost not real. Cause when you go there, when you go to that, when you cross over to that other side and you feel the, what you feel there it's so intense it's it's more real than here it's so weird <laughs> i want a quick question yeah i want to see so what what did he look like jesus if you can remember yeah so is he like sort of like the photos we see when we're at school I, well what i believe is people appear to you as you would recognize them or remember them and so I did see him as a long-haired, bearded man. Some people, like I've, I've heard of other near-death or people having visions about Jesus and they think, oh, he's like modern, short hair now or whatever. <laughs> like maybe he is, but maybe, maybe he doesn't always appear that way. I don't remember how long, like maybe it came to here. I don't know. Like I just recognized him as the savior. Um, um yeah and he like how i recognize him he was he was just beautiful he was glorious and and he does love everybody because like we're all here as his children and everyone is we're all gonna make mistakes we're all gonna screw up and some in a some in bigger ways than others and some have to learn harder things early like some people just really screw up early on in this life and they don't have much time to make changes you know but um but i think that's the whole point of of the savior is that he's there if you want to reach out at any time you know yeah. even the slightest like little prayer like jesus are you really there he'll reveal it in some way and that's so amazing. i I just well, feel great. like that's, yeah, sorry, what? Well, what a great way to, to sort of like, sort of end it today. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, that's a brilliant way. That's amazing. End it with Jesus. It's so of like, end it with this. It's just like, it's so refreshing. Like to. Oh, good. Do you know what I mean? So just to hear. Did you grow up Christian or are you converted? Uh, I, went, I went to what we call, um, we went to a Catholic school. Yeah. I did. And um, sort of I, a bit about me. Um, so yeah, I went to a Catholic school, grew up in a Catholic school. Um, and then obviously going through school, you just do it. I didn't really, I never really had massive, my granddad and my grandma, they're both, they're both big Catholics. And, um, my, we, you know I mean? my mum and that goes to church sometimes as well. Probably like every other weekend if she wants to. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, she's, yeah, she's, she's a good woman. She, um. She tries her best to go there, bless her. Um, and then when I once I got in my teens, you're just a teenager. I mean, being a, growing up as a teenager in England, it's like get up to a lot of trouble. And then sort of, I th I just didn't just didn't believe in it anymore. I just thought it can't be, it's rubbish, it's rubbish. Yeah. Rubbish. And it only took only took only took me to around about well back in November 2022, I lost my dad to cancer. 
Oh, I'm so and sorry. This is, and this is where all this has come from. Everything, like me, my interest in all of this. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. So, and then, and then I just started, I was a bit, I was going through a lot of stuff. I was going to speak like a therapy type thing. Yeah. And then, and then again, I just thought, I moved house. I moved house. I live in a house now, and I've got um, I got a Catholic church just around the corner. And I just thought one Sunday, I was like, I'm just gonna go. And I just went went back to church, and then oh, it all did. just started happening from there, really. And then, yeah, I've not had any like obviously experience of anything like that. But I, sometimes when I think about it, it, just like gives me like an excitement inside, like a warm feeling inside that you know you're not it sort of alone. That's the warm feeling you want to chase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the warm feeling I want to chase. Yeah. Well, so let's end it. Let's end it with what's okay. in the future. What's in the future for you? What have we got I'm going on? My hairless cats. <laughs> um, Any you know, music like coming I'm out? Doing a... Sorry, what? Any music coming out? Yeah, I'm doing a great work with my music right now. Um, I have an album called Pretty in Black. It's about like the light and dark. It? Oh, Where it's not what? out yet, but no. but you can hear Valerie Rose Stared is my full name. So yeah. I I put out some singles from that album on um, Spotify, and um, I've never really gotten into like like worship type music, but I do spiritual. I'm very spiritually connected in that way, and I feel like. Um, like the way I write, I, it helps me to reach more people. Like I want to reach everyone, everyone of all different beliefs, you know, because yeah, yeah so, <laughs> um, I just think it's important, an important work. And so, yeah, my, my, um, music, my album, Pretty in Black is, it, uh, deals with the struggle of the dark and the light and finding um yourself in that <laughs> sorry my cat <laughs> and then um and then i just started a band project called um utopian nightmare it's the only one i'm fine <laughs> finally found a band name that um that where there isn't another band called utopian nightmare and it's a little it's interesting like i i it, there's it's it's more of my rock music but um I kind of go, sometimes I go a little retro and then sometimes I go a little darker with it. So, so, um, I have, I'm working on an EP called no signal. And so that should be interesting. It, it's yeah. It has some interesting spacey elements and vintage vibes. And it, it's just um, like, it's pretty alternative and electronic rock in there. And so, so yeah, so so I, I'm very kind of all over the place with my genres, but, and that's probably because of my ADD, but I'm, um, you know, and I'm working to get those professionally, um, done the right way, like in the studio. So that way it's, you know, it's going to reach a lot of people and I, yeah, I have a great work right before me and, and I hope I, I bring people like once they realize who I am and wow, like I have this, um, this background, this story, these things that happen to me, then, um, you know, I can help uplift them in some way through my music. Then I feel like I'm doing my purpose because, because that's where it led me. 
like <laughs> when I um when I had that accident and my grandmother said it would get me to fulfill my purpose. So whatever that is, I know it has to do with helping people. So yeah. <laughs> well, Valerie, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you. Same to and, you. Uh, Thanks you. for inviting. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. Um, and you you said you're going to come back on one day as well. Yeah, I could. I'll update you. I mean, yeah, I definitely. I have more little stories. My husband also had um, a glimpse of the other side. He had. He's had like an, like an like an outer body kind of experience. So it doesn't always have to happen like with near death. Like sometimes people can cross over in dreams. Can there's like all kinds of ways that you can, or you can have like. Um, yeah, I have more to tell. <laughs> but, That's yeah, you can even have visions of love people visiting you. So That's amazing. Well, Valerie, I'll catch you later and I'll see you next time. Okay, thank you. Have a wonderful rest of the weekend. <laughs> you too. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>